And once you get those Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 1. Going to be looking at verse 29. Was reminded of a couple of funny texts that I've seen um, over the year. You know, if you're on uh, Instagram or something like that and people share funny text messages between kids and their parents. Uh, one of them was from a mom saying, Oh, honey, your great aunt just passed away. LOL. And the daughter said, Why is this funny? The mom said, It's not funny. What do you mean? Mom, LOL means laughing out loud. And the mom said, Oh my goodness, I sent, sent that to everyone. I thought it meant... Lots of love. Oh. <laughs> I have to call everybody back now. <laughs> or one said, uh, Mom, where are you? Four question marks. Leaving Walmart, honey, halfway home. Why, sweetie? You brought me to Walmart with you. <laughs> oh, darn. Be there in a bit. <laughs> one mom texted her child, what does I-D-K-L-Y and T-T-Y-L mean? And the son or daughter replied, I don't know. Love you. Talk to you later. And the mom said, okay, I'll ask your sister. <laughs> and then one text from a dad to his kid said, uh, you left your phone at home. <laughs> All right, some of you got that. It's great. You know, so I think those texts are just funny because they show, you know, as the years kind of go on, you know, the, the immature brain of a child is, is really becoming so sharp. And maybe the older brain sometimes is becoming less sharp. And we all remember those times, you know, when we, be, we begin to grow and become teenagers and really get the world, starting to get the world figured out and, uh, and, you know, getting skilled in different things like driving ourselves around and operating vehicles and, you know, writing papers and, you know, discussing things and deeper subjects. And the more we would do that, the more our parents just seemed like they didn't have a clue what in the world was going on anymore. And, and I just, I remember that as a, as a high schooler and, um, up, you know, first freshman year of college, really having to battle that. And my dad, who was my hero, you know, I remember him driving us to church and I just felt like he was just getting so heavy on that brake pedal, you know, just like, Oh dad, what, you know, just like what, and it's just critical of his driving. Now, all of a sudden I'm 16 and I know how to drive and I'm going to be critical of dad and his driving, you know, and, uh, just so many times that if, now I see it. Now, you know, 41, and I have a very intelligent, very athletic, uh, very gifted and spiritually minded son, and, uh, and I'll just do things, and he'll be like, Dad, you know, I, I just told you this, you know, and I mean, even recently, I remember he, um, my father and I were having a conversation, and he was in the back seat, and he said, what happened? And I remember being like, son, if you're not going to listen the first time we say it, then, sorry, you missed out on it, but we're not going to just repeat everything we just said, you know, because you weren't listening. And now it's the other way. Within a year, it's the other way or the round. Him and Lindsay were talking this week, and I'm like, what happened? And he's like, Dad, I just told you. And I'm like, all right, all right. <laughs> Guess I'll never know. You know, and so uh, just, the, it's an understandable kind of breakdown where sometimes those roles are reversed. And Jesus tells Peter that, you know, there was the time when, you were the one that would, would carry around, but the day will come when you're going to be carried around. And, and you know, you're going to be taken where you don't want to go as well. And, and so uh, today, just there's a message for children that are growing up in, in, in a youth, in a, in a childhood state. There's the need for honor and respect and obedience to your parents. And it's good for you to learn now that that continues on as you grow and you begin to see that, oh, your parents, they're really just humans. And this person that maybe I held in such high regard in my life and is my hero, 
all of a sudden I'm seeing them breaking down, you know, and slowing down and maybe, you know, not catching things as quick anymore. And, and what do we do with our honor level, you know, as that time progresses? And what do we do with our obedience level as we begin to grow up? Now, those of you that were here the last couple of weeks, you remember we've been studying what happens to the human heart when they disobey God. And we all have from our great, great, great grandpa, Adam in the garden of Eve, he started it out and his disobedience was put inheritedly in us so that we are all disobedient. But then we also disobey of our own accord and don't want to obey. So we have inherited disobedience. And then a big word here, you don't have to remember it, imputative disobedience, which means now I'm choosing to disobey on my own. And when we say no to God, then God will say no to us. When we've been studying the last number of weeks that when we give up on God, then he gives up on us or rather gives us over to what we want. Now we know the good news is that he also pursued us to save us. But in his giving up, he gives us over to what we want. And we studied for the last two, three weeks, a lot of words that show that we are sinners who have turned away from God. And I'm just going to rapid fire like, you know, machine gun these words to describe disobedient people. Okay. And here they are ungodly unrighteous suppressors of truth without excuse, unthankful, worthless, foolish, dark fools, uh, unclean, lustful, dishonorable, uh, unnatural, lustful is used again, shameful, full of error, debased, not fitting, deserving of death. Okay. So those are just a bunch of words that describe whenever we're disobedient to God, we are those things. And I know a lot of those words are kind of big and you don't necessarily know what they mean, but I think you get the gist though, that it's not like happy rainbows, unicorns, kittens, you know, uh, it's and blessings and sunshine, you know, it's like dark and dirty, you know, and, and you're smart enough to know the difference. Okay. Now those dark and dirty adjectives come with a list of sins that, that are, are in the midst of it. And we've studied them over the last couple weeks and, and they are things like immoral and murderers and boastful and proud and um, unthankful and unforgiving and untrustworthy. And, and we've studied the last couple of weeks of what types of behavior they're involved in. And your mom and dad can talk to you about that, what the last two weeks were about. But there's just these lists of horrible sins that the worst of criminals uh, have done. Just this week, I've been listening to, last two weeks, listening to Eric Metaxas' podcast. And he has been talking about, he's been interviewing former mob bosses from Brooklyn who were like second in command to these massive mob, mobster mafia families. And that they, this guy was in jail and was in a hopeless spot in jail and a guard walked by and said, you don't look too good tonight. And he was so mad. He's like, leave me alone. I don't want to see you guards tonight, you know, and the guard went. And within a minute, brought back a Bible and slid it under the door. And this guy took the Bible and chucked it against the wall and sat out on his bed and then picked up the Bible and started reading Proverbs and got saved. And now he's a believer and there's, there's a movie and a documentary made about him. But mafia bosses getting saved. I uh, heard of um, a, a police officer from the 1980s who was in... Um, 
down in Louisiana, and he uh, was a crooked cop, and he was caught. They were coming after him, and he fled, and um, and he ran into the wilderness and survived in the wilderness by himself, and ended up getting saved. Now he's a Christian and has done his time, and it has a ministry. A, a former crooked cop, and then just recently, last night, I was trying to sleep. Woke up at like four in the morning and listened to. Uh, a guy that was a Los Angeles gang member that killed his first person when he was 11 with a screwdriver. And then just the rest of his teenage years, he had multiple murders under his belt and then was arrested and put in prison and was in solitary confinement for three years in an eight by 10 cell without anything in his room, not even a book to read. When one night um, the Lord basically had a projector screen show up on the wall and show him his life and his savior. And he got saved in his cell and now he lives for Jesus. So these are like, man, the worst of the worst, the mafia, you know, the gangster, the crooked cops, you know, and all these things. But all of us who've fallen short of the glory of God can have salvation in Jesus Christ. But in Romans 1, we see that just in line with the list of all the worst of the worst of the worst, there's this one phrase that I remember from my youth, my pastor, Rob Verdine, teaching through Romans 1, and I remember him enunciating it when I was 14 years old, and he said that phrase, disobedient to parents. And I just remember being cut to the heart that Man, it's in a list with these that shows where God's heart is on how I should be with my with my parents. And I my middle school years were really rough and just disobedient and rebellious, especially to my mom. And I'm not saying my high school years were like, you know, just this perfect shining example of obedience. But the Lord had gotten a hold of me and had began working sanctification and a servant's heart there. And so we have this phrase, disobedient to parents, right in there with the worst of the worst crimes. Uh, A writer named Jewett noted that those who disobeyed their parents were perceived by ancient Jews and Romans as being profoundly dangerous people. So think about that. Kids, if you're listening It was believed by all of the smart people of history that if you're going to be disobedient to your parents, you will grow up to be a profoundly dangerous person. I mean, think of that L.A. gangster who 11 years old, his dad was a drug dealer. And by 11 years old, he had killed his first person. We're going to look at the law and Deuteronomy in just a little bit and see just the Lord's heart uh, and how we ought to uh, behave towards our um, parents. But the last verse of Romans 1 tells us that anyone who practices disobedient of parents is deserving of death. Deserving of death. And so capital punishment is in mind concerning the the child that's practicing disobedience towards uh, their parents. And while there are no indications that the law of killing the, the child was enforced among the Jews of the first century, there's a frequent stress in the New Testament on the honor and respect that's due to parents. Now, Seneca, who was a Roman historian tells us that the Roman law was very severe. And Seneca writes to his audience of the ancient practice where he says, remember, fathers expected absolute obedience from their children and could punish recalcitrant children even with death. I remember in high school, I was a senior in high school and we got a new principal who was kind of like the dangerous minds teacher, you know, uh, 
came into the school and was like, I'm going to turn this town around, you know, or whatever. And I was like, I didn't think we were that bad, but okay, you know. So I put my red gang bandana away and I was like, no. And, uh, but there, there was like all of this reform that this principal came in and he was going to do and a lot of new rules and it's going to shape up this school. And we, and my senior class was the worst. We were the class of 2000 Y2K. So we were preparing for either the rapture of the church or a zombie apocalypse. So we didn't really care anymore. You know, it was all holds barred, you know, but, uh, and so the senior class really resisted this principle. So he came in and had a special talk with my class. And I remember I spoke up and I said, I don't think your rules are that bad. <laughs> don't ever say that. I said, man, um, I'm reading in the Old Testament right now about, man, if you're going to have a rebellious heart, like it's worthy of death. And I think that your standards are pretty easy on us, you know. And I mean, you just imagine all my classmates Boo! and throwing paper at me and I'm like, you know, oh, sorry, you know, but we don't like to hear that that's how severe the penalty was towards a rebellious heart, but it was the death penalty for the children who were a stress on their parents. And we'll close there and have the worship team come on up. We're going to look at Ephesians as well here and kind of use Romans 1.30 as a springboard uh, for this topic. It's a little more topical today, but we'll use the, uh, the Bible as both our springboard and our scaffolding to walk across as we look at this subject. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1, right before uh, a passage about spiritual warfare says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And you know me, I like to look at the different translations to see how the different translations might word it differently. And I have a Bible program that will actually say, this verse is 50% different than the, than the translation you normally use. But right here, all the major translations translate this verse identically. Children obey your parents obey them in the lord for this is right now funny thing you're gonna those of you that like a good dictionary you're gonna love this the word obey here in the greek says answer the door isn't that weird like that's the definition obey What does that mean, mom? Well, answer the door for the 10th time, you know, or whatever. It literally means answer the door. And that's actually the case in our home, you know, uh, go get the door, you know, let the dogs in, whatever. That's a common thing in our home. But I was thinking about this and is there any other Bible verse that you think of where someone is standing at the door knocking? Anything? Revelation 3.20, Jesus says, Behold, behold, I stand at the door and I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And so ultimately, children, if you want to obey your parents, You need to open the door of your heart. You need to let Jesus in. To obey your parents is to obey the Lord and let him in. And there's two places in the New Testament where they go out to preach the gospel. And and for someone to receive the gospel, it's called obeying the gospel. And we like to say, believe the gospel, trust in the gospel. But two places in the New Testament say, obey, obey the gospel, open the door to the gospel. And so children, I want to tell you this. If you're going to be a good child and obey your parents, you can't do this apart from Jesus. You need Jesus to come in into your heart, change your heart, 
And in this passage in Ephesians, before he says, children, obey your parents, wives, submit to your husbands, husbands, love your wives, employees, be fair to your, or, uh, you know, work hard for your employers and employ, you know, all these relationships. He says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And those of you children that you know how hard it is to obey your parents right now, and it's so frustrating, and you just want to go, maybe you don't want to get drunk with wine, that's good. But I think that there have been in the history of our church, children that want to go smoke pot, they want to get into dad's beer, you know, they want to take substances, and and they do that. That may be happening here in our church today. But also sometimes, kids, you want to numb yourself with other stuff. How can I deal with my mom and dad? I'm going to go zone out in front of the TV. I'm going to go zone out in front of video games. I'm going to go, even I'm going to go fill with something that seems so good out here. Just play sports and practice my skills and, you know, just go mountain biking or whatever. But instead of going and seeking after external things to help you obey mom and dad, you need Jesus. You need to open the door of your heart to Jesus. Let him in and be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's really the solution to this whole thing. So children, open the door of your heart to Jesus and answer the door for your parents. Okay, that's uh, I think that's really good life application there. Uh, and, and it says here, it's your parents in the Lord. And some say that that's understood as far as consistent with your duty to God. Oh, I will obey as much as I'm, I'm obligated to be obeying the Lord in this or that thing. Some other understand it to mean obey your parents for the Lord's sake with an eye for the Lord while you obey your parents. Some understand this to mean especially obey in those things that relate to the Lord. Your parents teach you good manners, so you must obey them. They teach you what is for your health, and in this you must obey them. But the chief things in which you are to do it are things pertaining to the Lord. And he tells us, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is right. And children, something that your parents have been teaching you since you were little, little, little is this is right and this is wrong. I remember when I was in high school as a sophomore and I was farming and uh, my boss was showing me the field I was supposed to swap and he showed me the risers that had been, you know, they were underground main lines with risers out in the middle of the field and he pointed to them and he said, don't run into those risers. That's a no-no. And I was like, you don't need to talk to me like a baby, you know? But since we were children, our parents have been telling us what's a no-no. And even our littlest daughter, um, she was doing something yesterday and it wasn't really very bad, but I was kind of like, ah, it's probably not great. And she's like, is it a no-no? And I'm like, I I don't know that it's a no-no, but it's not a yes, yes. So I don't know. Just give me a minute, you know, when your two-year-old is smarter than you, but they've been teaching you what's right and what's good and what's a no, no. And you know, what's right. And you know, what's wrong. And it speaks of what is proper and naturally something written on your heart by God Even nature is witness that this is right. And we have a couple deer that go through our yard from time to time. And I just remember from reading my notes a couple years ago, we had this uh, mother doe who had two little baby deer following her around all year long. From when they had little spots as fawns all the way to up through the winter when they were full grown and had full winter coats and fat stored up for the winter. And they were still following their mom across the street and coming back into our backyard and then down off the hill. And it's like nature even shows us what's right. Like, you know, kids, 
what is right and what's natural. The easy to read Phillips translation says, children, the right thing for you to do is to obey your parents as those whom God has set over you. Now, take your Bibles, kids, and turn back to the middle of the Bible to Proverbs. And everyone else, you can do it too. Proverbs 1. Typically, you flip to the middle and it's Psalms. And then after the book of Psalms is Proverbs. Proverbs 1. 8 and 9 says, My son, hear the instructions of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. We were in Israel in November and kind of wrapping up the trip, and that was kind of souvenir time. We went to some beautiful jewelry stores. And like all the young men on our trip were buying necklaces, necklaces with the star of David on it or, or uh, cross necklaces or cross necklaces with the star of David, in it. you know, various options. That's not the point, but you know, they were kind of into necklaces now, you know, one guy, a little different kid on the trip, bought a big clock to wear around his neck. He's really into flavor flavor. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> But, you know, to obey the, the words of your mom and dad, you guys, it's like having that nice piece of jewelry upon you, an ornament and something that makes you look good, you know, when you would, and notice the verb here as your dad is talking to you, keep when, keep when your mom is talking to you. Go a couple chapters from there to Proverbs 6.20. Same words are used. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. So keep it. Don't put it away. Right now, we, you know, we got everything from a 16 and a half year old down to a two year old. And right now, it's really more the middle ones. Lower to middle, 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 low, <laughs> to be precise. And it's like, you're not listening. I'll say something to you and just, it's like, I never said it. And, and children, I'm telling you, when your mom and dad are talking to you, listen. Okay. And then once they say it to you, keep it. And if you're good at it in the small things, like make sure you pack your plate over after you eat and rinse it off and put it in the dishwasher. That's a simple little thing to keep that as you're good at keeping those things, then when it's later on in life and there's really bad stuff from the devil coming at you, you've already trained yourself to keep what mom and dad have taught you. And it'll be second nature for you to obey. One chapter from there, Proverbs 7, 1. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. So keep it, keep it like a treasure. My grandpa Khan, his name was Fletcher Khan. He was my hero, like fought in World War II, was a bombardier, was a doctor, just was such an incredible man of God, loved me like a son. And I took care of him later on in his life before he passed away. He lived in an apartment below my mom's apartment. And I was driving him out to the horses one day and I said, Gramps, you're 87 years old. Give me the words of wisdom that I need as a young man. Tell me now, pops, tell me. And so he spoke these words over me in my red Chevy 454. And I don't remember what they were. <laughs> I've tried. I'm like, what were they? Someday it'll come to me. <laughs> this is when Lindsay always says, good story. <laughs> yeah. the, the moral is that I had it, what with those words? Treasured them. Pull over that truck. Hold on, let me get my notebook out. I think one was always, don't ever go to bed angry. 
you know, with your wife. You know, go in another bedroom and sleep in that bed. Then circle back around and... No, I'm joking. Yeah. That, you know, that's the classic grandpa wisdom. Don't ever go to bed, you know, bed angry. But treasure those words, right? Uh, he goes on to say in Proverbs 7, 2, Keep my commands and live and my law as the apple of your eye. So when your mom and dad are talking to you and teaching you and teaching you about obedience, let that be like the center of your world. Apple of your eye just speaks of, uh, it's old English and it's, it's something you cherish above everything else. I cherish the words that my mom and dad have taught me. The last thing from Proverbs, go to back to 2322. I think Dustin taught on this last week. Listen to your father. Proverbs 23:22. Listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old. And that just applies to us who are older now. And now we're taking care of mom and dad. And, and we're seeing, you know, those things that, you know, are frustrating or hard or the slips or whatnot. And don't despise her. Don't make them feel uneducated, unworthy of opinion. I know we, when we were wrestling through all kinds of, you know, COVID debates and things, and my mom would speak up what she's doing in women's ministry at Calvary Corvallis and I remember she felt sometimes that we treated her like she was uneducated and didn't know what she was talking about. And, you know, my mom has a college degree from Oregon State University. And she kind of said that like, hey, I've got a degree. You know, I know how to think, <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, that leaves one of us out. But that was a good I'm glad she said that because it did correct me in just how I treat her. And that I wouldn't despise as they, as she's older, you know, she's even a widow or, you know, my, our family story, my mom's a widow and all the more respect that's due to her. But, and so you'll just notice there's key phrases and words in Proverbs like, uh, like hear. if, if you're going to obey you guys, then you need to hear, you need to keep treasure and listen to the words that your parents tell you. Have you seen the little viral video of the little tiny kid, little Hispanic kid in the kitchen, and he's mouthing off to his mom? And he's like, Linda, Linda, listen, Linda, listen. You listen, Linda, 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 listen. You know, and he's like this tall. And it's like, that little boy needs a little pow pow on bomb bomb, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but really, it's the parents to the children that should be saying, Hey, listen, listen to me. There's a good old phrase from Thomas Kempis where he says, delayed obedience is disobedience. So how fast should you act and respond and obey children? Right away, immediately. And that's a phrase that we often say in our home. And it's mostly I hear Lindsay saying it to the kids. Hey, Delayed obedience is disobedience. So then Ephesians goes on to say, the heart that we ought to have to our parents, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So again, as we get older, our parents seem more and more like dorks sometimes. And we need to keep that in our heart that we would honor them. Honor means to set a price and to fix a value, to prize someone, to admire and to look up to someone. Uh, you may know of, a, of an old movie star and war hero named Audie Murphy. Anybody heard of Audie Murphy? Audie Murphy was 19 years old when he was a, a soldier in World War Two in the infantry and they were pinned down by the Germans and their tanks were blown up and out of a commission and Audie is famous for you know taking out a bunch of Germans running over to one of their knocked out tanks jumping up on top of the tank with a 50 cal pushing back a whole bunch of Germans and just basically saving the day single-handedly for that he got the Medal of Honor 
but he also received every military combat award for valor available from the United States Army, as well as French and Belgium awards for heroism. And he went on to become an actor after the war, and he starred in his own movie about himself uh, called To Hell and Back. And then, uh, and then he would become a country music singer. And sadly, he died young, um, piloting his own plane and crashing his own plane. But I love the story of Audie Murphy because there's a picture of him online in his military uniform. And his whole entire body, he was a little guy. He was really short. And his whole torso is covered with medals. <laughs> like, clearly he was honored. And when we hear about honoring our parents... I want you to think about your parents and all of the awards that they have on their chest for the things that they have done as parents. I made a list of the sacrifices of a parent a couple years ago. I really should update it. But I was just thinking about mothers alone and how once they know they're pregnant, they go through this thing called morning sickness where they just feel like they've got the flu and want to throw up all the time uh, for, you know, a month or so. And how many of you children out there, you just love a good barf session? Man, I just love to feel nauseous and like I'm going to vom. You know, your mom went through that for a month or so. Okay? Feeling like throwing up. Actually throwing up for months. When we took our... Uh, Lama's class where we were learning what the birth situation was going to be. We went to one of those. Uh, they had a bowling ball and a backpack and they made the husband wear that backpack, you know, backwards on their stomach for an hour, you know, and I was like, I totally get it now, honey. Well, I think we're done here. You know? uh, but, you know, your mom was basically packing a bowling ball around for nine months uncomfortable, can't sleep, can't get comfortable in the bed, body aches and nerve issues, all the vitamins they need to take, the doctor's trips. And of course, if you live here, you're going to bend, going through labor, the most painful thing anybody goes through. Of course, Brian Regan made the joke that I've also heard that breaking your femur is the most painful thing. And so, well, maybe what's worse than that is Breaking your femur while you're pregnant. Um, so maybe somebody here, is, it's a tough crowd right now. I think somebody's gone through that that I should know about. You know, so the, one of the most painful things that you can go through, kids, your mom went through. Um, in the process, your mother gets to say goodbye to privacy for the rest of her life. She gets to say goodbye to modesty. And a perfect body, except for Lindsay. Oh, um. <laughs> Your mother gets to say goodbye to a clean house. We had a screensaver going on on our computer one day. And a picture of our apartment, the apartment we lived on when we found out we were pregnant, flashed across the screen and it was spotless. I used to vacuum and make the lines in the carpet, you know, where there's no footprints on it. We don't do that anymore, you know, but say goodbye to a clean house. Although I have to be fair. Now my kids are at the age where they're cleaning up the house and they're helping with the collateral damage of having all of these children say goodbye, not only to a clean house and privacy, say goodbye to sleep. Lindsay has a shirt just very simply says looks like a gravestone in memory of when I slept in. I went away with parenting. Nursing you multiple times of day. And then as you grow, she would cook for you three to six times a day. And then part of being a, a mom and a dad is you get to clean up all the poops and the peas. Such a fun thing. Or if you've been watching Peppa Pig, the wheeze. Right? That's what your mom gets to do. Isn't that great? She gets to clean up after your, after your body now. For about three years per child, they get to do that. 
One comedian said, my son said he needed to go potty. So I asked if he had to go number one or number two. And he said, six, 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 and then started crawling on the ceiling. (laughs) Parenting is hard, the comedian said. You're waking up at night and you're nursing and you're changing the diapers and you get up just to try to put yourself back to bit back to bed again. And there's this hilarious little meme of this little baby with crazy wild newborn hair. And it's sitting like this. And the meme says, How should I put this? You will never sleep again. Basically. So saying goodbye to sleep. Cleaning up throw up off of your bed. Cleaning the wee off of your bed. Trying to figure out why you're up in the living room screaming in the middle of the night. Learning about night terrors. One of the children likes to finally sleep through the night and then the next one doesn't. Then the miracle one happens and all the little ones sleep. And then the oldest one comes into the bedroom and wakes you up. And so there's just so many things, kids, that your parents have done. And this is just in the early stages of your life just to care for you. And every one of those things for your mom is like a badge that goes on her award chest to show, oh, let's give that lady the Medal of Honor. Of course, it goes towards the father, too. Comedian Jim Gaffigan, who had five children, said, a man asked me, what's it like to have five kids? And Jim Gaffigan said, well, imagine you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. That's what it feels like sometimes. And so children, just give your parents honor as they are just trying to stay above water to help care for you and for your siblings. I remember my pastor Rob teaching on this and he said, Kind of imagine your life as like a bar graph. Consider right now, you children, consider how old you are. So kind of, if, if, you're, if you can, like be like, okay, I'm, let's say, six years old is like right here. Maybe you're, I'm 10 years old or I'm, you know, whatever. Like imagine the height of about where your life would be. And consider your experiences in life and how many experiences you've had and your spiritual knowledge and your wisdom and practical knowledge on how to do things and take care of finances and all of your resources. And, you know, some of you, you're little kids, you're still in elementary school. Man, I'm all the way up here. And some of you, you're you're high school or middle schoolers, high schoolers. I'm getting there for sure. But then compare that to your parents and their age and their experience and their education and their life knowledge and the things they've gone through, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and all those things, and they stack up, and you guys, on your bar graph, they are way ahead of you and deserving of honor. And I just want to speak a word to children who your mom or your dad is a single parent, And they're trying to do this life on their own and care for you. And I would just say that that mom or that dad is worthy of double the honor and double the respect. And maybe I'm speaking to an adult here that your mom raised you all by herself or your dad did. And maybe it's time to just heap some honor upon that person who did it all on their own. When you study the law, because it says here that this is the first commandment with promise. The first of the six commandments that deal with our relationship to fellow man is the commandment to honor your father and mother. And as we study the Ten Commandments, oftentimes we break it up. The first four are commandments concerning our relationship towards God. And then the next six are relationships towards our fellow man. Don't murder, don't steal, don't covet, all those sorts of things. But the Jews always understood this honor your father and mother commandment to be lumped in with the side regarding God. And that as we honor our father and mother, we're honoring the Lord. And it's a, it's a picture of us honoring our heavenly father. And so children, obey your parents in the Lord 
And then Paul's going to quote the Greek Septuagint in verse 3, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. I remember one of my favorite jokes growing up was one day an angry farmer gathered his three sons together and said, which one of you tipped the outhouse over? The first one says, it wasn't me, dad. And the second one uh, also denied the heinous act. And the third son said, well, dad, I remember when George Washington's dad came and asked if he'd chop down the cherry tree. He was honest and said that he did it. So I'm going to be like George Washington. I'm going to be honest. It was me. I cannot tell a lie. I tipped over the outhouse. Well, the dad grabbed his son by the arm, pulled him over his lap and just started paddling that bomb bomb. And when, the, when he was all done, the son stood up and said, Dad, George Washington's dad didn't paddle his bum when he chopped down the cherry tree. And the dad said, George Washington's dad wasn't in the cherry tree. <laughs> you know, as we make these good decisions, it'll be well with us. But as we make the bad decisions, it won't be well with you. And this is a phrase that it's in the law. Lindsay says it all the time to our kids. It will not be well with you if you throw a fit when we turn off the TV and say it's time for bed. It won't be well with you. If, if you do obey, though, you'll live long on the earth. And why don't you flip in your Bible back to Deuteronomy? So this is the fifth book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So in chapter 5, verse 33, it says, You shall walk in all the ways that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land that you possess. So if you want to live a long life, what happens most of the time is, that those who are walking in obedience will live a more healthy, prosperous life. In Deuteronomy 11, so flip over a number of chapters. Deuteronomy 11, verses 8 and 9. Therefore you shall keep every commandment which I command you today, that you may be strong... And go in and possess the land which you cross over to possess. And that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore to give your fathers and them and their descendants. And so, again, if you want to live a long, strong life, obey the Lord. And then flip over 10 chapters, Deuteronomy 21, 18. So now we get into specific commands about a relationship of a child to their parent. If a man has, this is Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother and who, when they've chastened him, will not heed them, then his father and his mother shall take hold of him Bring him out to the elders of the city, to the gate of his city. And they shall say to the elders of the city, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall put away the evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. And so a stubborn and rebellious and lazy son is an evil son. And you kids know enough to know what's right and wrong. And you know that evil is not good, right? A stubborn, rebellious, disobedient son is an evil son. And the death penalty was to be stoned publicly in the city gate. Go another six chapters, Deuteronomy 27, 16, says, Cursed is the one who treats his father or his mother with contempt. 
That means disapproval or hatred. And all the people shall say amen. Amen? Amen. Cursed is the one who hates his mom or his dad. Turn to Exodus. We'll go back to the second book of the Bible. Exodus 21, verse 15. He who strikes his father and his mother shall surely be put to death. He who hits his mom and dad or injures them or kills them with a vicious blow, you ought to be put to death for that. If you curse your mother or father, Exodus 21, 17 says, that means if you were to belittle or make your mom and dad to be insignificant, you should be put to death. Now, maybe you never thought about whooping up on your mom and dad or killing them or striking them, but have you ever belittled your mom or dad? This is serious stuff before the Lord. In Leviticus chapter 20, verse 9, so Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, third book of the Bible. Everyone who curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. He's cursed his father and mother. His blood is upon him. Proverbs 20, 20, whoever curses his father or mother, his lamp will be put out in deep darkness. So does it seem like disobedience to parents or cursing or belittling or striking a mother or a father is just no big deal to God? It is a big deal to the Lord. It is, it is what is right and natural to show honor and reverence to your parents. Paul tells Timothy that a sign of the last days is that children will be disobedient to parents. And we're in a small town, small community, small life. And I live a lot of life with a lot of you. And just so you know, children, I see when you are disobedient to your parents. A lot of times, I'm not saying like, I see all the time, but my point is, as we're living life, I see when dad has to ask you 10 times to do something and you're not even listening. And I see when you back talk your parents. You know, and I know that if you're doing it in front of your pastor, what's it like at home when I'm not there? And I just think that it's God's grace today that he brings you here to listen to the word and to just be corrected by the Bible that, man, I need to listen to mom and dad, treasure what they say, understand my experience is here, theirs is here. I need to honor them. They've done so much for me. They just have just a a trophy case of, of awards of honor that I ought to give to them. And man, I understand that the history of the world shows that to not do that is to be worthy of death. And every culture in the world from ancient history to now, except to where we're at in our current civilization, all across the world, all across the different nations, virtually all civilizations have regarded the recognition of parental authority as indispensable to a stable society. So why do we find ourselves where we are today in our culture and in our nation? Because this great command has not been kept by God's creatures. One final word as we're closing. I'll go ahead and have the worship team come up just to put a little relief in your heart that this is coming to a close. I think there's a word here. Two final words. Number one, those of us that have older parents, part of the honoring of our parents is caring for them in their old age. And, you know, I think of... uh, you know, I just, I'm going to say Pastor Chris because you know he, he's living life with us right now. And so I think of Chris and 
He has two daughters that are like end of high school and now kind of middle college. So almost empty nesters, Chris and Michelle. And at the same time, just this year, his dad had a stroke and her mom was diagnosed with brain cancer that came with stroke-like conditions. And so this year they've been making trips to um, Portland. His dad is doing better. They're actually moving to Primeville this week. So uh, be praying. We're going to be excited to have them in the community. Um, but Michelle's mom is towards the end of her life and, and experiencing this type of cancer. Michelle goes every other week and just serves her mom, which even it, it, I hear a lot of this, a lot of it is just being up almost all night long for a struggling mom. Um, that just isn't behaving how she's always behaved her whole life. She's just in a place of hurting and brokenness. And, and I just give props to you, Crosses, for the way you've been loving on your parents. But, you know, we think like, oh, I'm going to have this great season of empty nesting, you know, and I finally get to breathe. And it's like, oh, no, now it's time to care for the older parents. And it's such a wonderfully honoring thing to honor, uh, to serve your parents. My in-laws... At the same time, both of their moms uh, had Alzheimer's and were in a memory care facility at the same time. Uh, for a, a number of years, they would just serve and pour out uh, to them. But the New Testament tells us that if anyone tries to get out of such a duty and make up some sort of rule and excuse why they shouldn't care for mom and dad, that that is just ridiculous. And, and really a, a thing worthy of a curse. And, uh, and that doesn't mean like you have to have mom live with you or anything. You know, there's different ways that that can be done. But it is your responsibility to provide care and love and make sure that as he and she have taken care of you your whole life, now you're doing it for them. We're told that if anyone doesn't provide for his own and those of his own household... He is denied the faith and worse than an unbeliever. And then we also see in the Old Testament the principle of obeying your parents even when you're older. As Jacob obeyed his parents and who he should marry and who he should not marry, there was obedience there. And so as you teenagers are growing up and there's going to come that gal or guy into your life, listen to the counsel of your parents on if this is someone who's going to help you follow after the Lord or not. That's really the most important thing for a day. I don't care anything else, but if you're going to follow the Lord, that's the most important thing uh, for me. David obeyed the command of his father, Jesse. Joseph obeyed the father, uh, his father. And Jesus led the role in obeying his parents. And now the final, final word is that in Romans, right after it says, disobedient to parents, there's a couple of lists of just horrible sins. And one of the closing sins is unloving. All these things, homosexuality, all the way down the line, you know, immoral, uh, prideful, boastful, arrogant, uh, unmerciful, unforgiving, all these things, but unloving. And the language speaks of that a fallen man who doesn't care for his family, especially his own children, is what this means, is unloving. And why do you think so often we have disobedient children? It comes from the top down, you guys. It's because there's not the loving, diligent care from parent to child and that often leads to these types of rebellious things uh, that happen in our day. And in the same place in Ephesians where children are to obey their parents, the very next word is, and fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. We have a role in this whole obedience thing. Did you know that, dads? Charles Spurgeon said it's like a bird with two wings. You, over here you've got the children obeying. But if you don't have the other wing of, hey, dad, your role, you've got to be a good leader of the home and bring your child up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And I know that uh, time is up. You can set your things aside. 
And just at the end of it all, what do we do with this? Well, I hope you just have a big guilt trip put on you. It's really what I'm going for. I know you parents are just like, I'm so thankful he just brought the hammer of Thor down on my kid's face today at church. You know? And I know you kids are like, ah, I'm glad he mentioned my dad with his horrible jokes provoking me to wrath all the time. They're not funny, dad. You know? But sometimes we come to a passage like that and it's like, well, sure glad I got a whole bunch of rules given to me. Do this. Don't do that. And if that's what you take away from this, you missed it all. Hopefully you saw, I've already messed up in this. And I need to open the door. Do you remember that part towards the beginning? I need to open the door and let Jesus in. I need to be filled with the Spirit so that I can love my family as a mom and a dad that I can love my kids and serve them and teach them and train them. And hey kids, whether you're a, you know, a kindergartner or a second grader, fifth grader, you're an eighth grader, you're a senior, you've graduated, man, you need to open the door of your heart to Jesus. Let him come in and clean you. You need to let him give you the Holy Spirit inside you. So that now you care about obeying mom and dad. You care about honoring the heavenly father by honoring your earthly father. You need the Holy Spirit. And so in all of these things, we're just going to close today. Will you put your things aside and stand with me? And the first thing we're going to do is we're going to repent. We're going to just repent to the Lord right now and we're going to confess to the Lord in all the ways that we have sinned in this area. And even if you're an adult, you can look back on your life and say, man, how I was to my mom and dad, I need to repent of that as a 60-year-old. And let's just take a minute and just be quiet before the Lord and just confess our sin before Him. And just say, Lord, I, I hear you today. And I see what you see. And I think of all the times that I didn't look, listen, hear, keep, and treasure my mom and dad's commands. And in that, I wasn't treasuring your commands. I hear you today that I was not honoring you when I haven't been honoring my mom and dad. And I see how severe it is that if I were to curse or defame or belittle my mom and dad, that's something worthy of death. I'm so thankful for your mercy today, Lord, that you're not going to kill me, but you're going to redeem me today. And just in that, just to know that as you confess your sin to the Lord and you repent and turn away from that, Say, Lord, would you help me to obey? Would you help me to honor? I open the door of my heart to you, Jesus, so that I can be forgiven. And I just ask you to fill me up with the Holy Spirit so that I can live a life of obedience and honor to my mom and dad. Change my heart, change my mind and my perspective towards them. Restore our relationship wherever I've just been bitter, and I've been provoked by my dad and mom, and now I'm just full of wrath towards them. Would you come in now and heal me and heal my heart? Would you restore our relationship? Such a beautiful thing for kids to pray that out, for children to pray that out. And now we, we want to pray out if you are a, a parent, or sorry, if you are you're older and your mom and dad are older and now it's time to be caring for them. I want to pray over you guys. Lord, just uh, even for me as I have a widow mother just texted me this week that had a flood in her utility room and it messed up the cabinets and could I come help install the new cabinets and just to be needed by a widow mother and just for those that have seen mom and dad growing older and 
that's becoming maybe difficult and maybe even some Alzheimer's and memory issues and they're like a different person and just the thing the crosses are going through and they're just leading by example for so many of us right now. We just, as a church, stretch our hands toward the crosses right now. Pour your spirit out on Michelle right now as she just loves on mom and lays her life down for mom, helps have those tough conversations about decisions and as they just care for Ruth, Lord, we just pray for just these final months and weeks and months to just be sweet and a treasure. Just for Chris's parents as they move here, already there's a number of people that want to be friends of theirs. Living in a neighborhood where there's people from the church, we just pray that would just be your tool to draw them near to you, God. Just... They're the example right now in our midst of so many of us that we too need to just put that extra care and honor and patience and put our savings and our resources into just loving on and caring for our our parents. Lord, show us how to do that, Lord. Thank you for your grace on what that can look like. And Lord, we just pray as parents here in this place, we have little ones that we're trying to teach obedience to. I pray just as the book is titled that we would shepherd our child's heart or that we would see the heart issue of the struggles they're going through and we would help tend the heart of the matter and help point our children to you, Jesus. Lord, that we wouldn't go to the wine for help. We wouldn't go to even the self-help book and the external counseling. Lord, we go to you to be filled with the spirit for the wisdom for today with the issues of the day. And just as we close in song, I feel like uh, maybe you're a child here that has been rebellious to your parent. And I just want to encourage you to take the initiative to go and apologize and repent to your parents and to ask for forgiveness. And it is such a mark of maturity and strong spiritual growth and courage and bravery for you to say, man, I heard what Rory was saying today and I just see how that's wrong. And I just want to ask you to forgive me, mom and dad. And I just want you to know I'm going to be seeking the Lord for help on how to just be a more honorable son or daughter in the future. It would be such a beautiful gesture that I know, I just feel like the Lord would say, I'm going to bless that if you take that initiative. And finally, parents who've been provoking your children to wrath. And frustration and annoyance is what that speaks about. You could approach your child and just say, I just see how there's things I do that I belittle you or I demean you or I'm annoying to you. And just things that that's not good and healthy. And I just want to ask for forgiveness to you. Will you forgive me? And I'm going to ask the Lord to make me grow in that in my relationship with you. Lord, have your work as we close in song here today. and We just surrender ourselves to you in our home lives, God. Go ahead, Johnny.